welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Brandy Leahy of Cimarron Prairie Farms and the Tipsy Farmer in Moscow, Kansas. Brandy is sharing about the journey that's taken her from being a nurse to a farmer's wife and mom to now growing hops. This has been quite an adventure from learning about hops and how to grow them to cold calling breweries to finding ways to diversify the uses for her crop. Plus, how she decided to turn the family camper into a mobile craft beer and cocktail bar. She talks about the importance of mentorship and how that helped her get going, plus community over competition and the big new projects she's working on. So here we go with Brandy Leahy. So we're here in Moscow, Kansas with Brandy Leahy of Cimarron Prairie Farms and the Tipsy Farmer. Yes. Brandy, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, tell us about you. Are you a Kansas native? I am. I grew up in a town about 50 miles southwest of Moscow. So um, I graduated high school there, then went off to college. And like every good Kansas girl does, I went to K-State. But I didn't graduate from there. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I decided that I wanted to be a nurse. And at the time, K-State didn't have a nursing program. So I transferred to Washburn University in Topeka. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't care for that place so much. So I, um, I decided I was going to work as a nurse aide and make sure that nursing was really what I wanted to do. So I moved back home and I became a nurse aide. And um, then I went, <laughs> I went to um, Southwestern Oklahoma State in Weatherford and I uh, got my nursing, my bachelor's degree in nursing from there. And then because the uh, hospital that I was working as a nurse aide for at the time um, helped pay for my college, I went back there and worked as a nurse and, um, and then ended up in Moscow. Very cool. Yeah. So how did you and your husband meet? Um, a coworker of mine, she was a nurse at the health department in Hugoden, which is in Stevens County, and I worked at the health department in Morton County. Um, we used to go to meetings together and, um, so we became friends and she, um, happened to be my now husband's cousin. So she set us up on a blind date and, um, just the rest is history, I guess. (laughs) That's great. So you started growing hops. When did this start? So I worked as a nurse until, um, about 2009 and my third child was born and um it was going to cost more money for me to drive and by this time I'm working at a different health department in a different county now um that's closer to Moscow but for me to go from a daycare um from Moscow the daycare was going to be back in Hugoden and then drive to work in Sublette and the mileage and the cost of daycare was going to be more than what I was making as a nurse. So I decided to stay home. So then I became the um, kind of the gopher for farm parts and got uh, kind of coerced into doing harvest dinners. And that was kind of my gig for several years until about 2017, I guess. And um, my dad and my brother, who lives in Alaska, my brother was home visiting and um, my husband were all sitting around drinking beer 
you know, they'd, we'd, I don't know if we'd went to a brewery somewhere or if we, I don't know what was going on for sure. But anyway, after several beers and in talk of, oh, you have all this, this farm or this just land out here next to your house, you should put up a hop yard. And, and so that kind of just started the talk. And then we had a friend that was, um, a brewer and, um, yeah, yeah, if you put that in, we'll buy some hops from you, you know, and so that's kind of how it got started, and we just put in 300 plants the first year just to see if they would even grow, and my husband is a row crop farmer, so he has no time at all to help, right, yeah. <laughs> like none. <laughs> um, he gets to spend his Sundays helping me do stuff in the hop yard, um, and then my dad is recently retired, so he he's my main he's my right hand man like he he helps me in the hop yard um I can't pay him yet but yeah <laughs> poor guy he gets all the all the free beer he wants um <laughs> and then my brother of course lives in Alaska so he did come the first year and um help us put out the um drip drip hose so um we did find out after the first year that the the plants would grow in Kansas it's not like ideal because of the wind but we've made it work and we expanded them the next year to a full acre so so we have a full acre awesome so how did you learn um I went to a lot of conferences okay well I shouldn't say a lot I think I went to three and like one in Nebraska um or a couple in Nebraska I think a couple different ones um and then I went to a couple of other um hop yards around well I say around me they're the closest to me (laughs) one in Nebraska and then um one in Ottawa the guys at the Kansas Hop Company have several acres there and so they were kind enough to let us come and and watch while they did harvest and then answer all my questions and I still send them you know messages and they're like hey hey I don't I don't know what I'm doing still can you help me out (laughs) and they're super nice to do that um so I just, just kind of by trial and error and still, even now, I, I don't know what I'm doing really. I just, I hired an agronomist, so I, uh, have him help me tell me what my plants need. And, you know, I, I sometimes can tell him that, no, nah, I don't, I don't think that's going to work, but between the two of us, we, we can get, get the plants to grow anyway. That's so, amazing. Were yeah. you like surprised when it worked I was (laughs) so at the time I guess I should I should back up and say I did have one hot plant um outside my chicken coop when when my dad and my brother and my husband had this conversation about growing hops and I think that's probably what started it is is we had been talking about that hot plant you know and oh man we should grow some is yeah well they grow and well the one did really really well you know but then when you get into varieties and and all the all the things then we had to we had to test it and make sure the varieties that we had will grow and so I don't feel like um I have like super fun sought out varieties you know that brewers want but it's what I can grow here um and it it works for us so and that's pretty special Yeah, yeah yeah when when the wind doesn't doesn't ruin them or you know we had one year we had a hailstorm that came in um, Mother's Day weekend, and once the tip of the vine gets broken off, then they don't grow vertically anymore. And so, 
like growth stopped at about four and a half, five feet, and they should get about 18 to 20 feet tall. Wow. So we only got to harvest five feet of hops off of each plant instead of, you know, triple that amount. But anyway, it is what it it's is. It's the life of a farmer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so when did you start working with some of the local breweries? Well, that's the <clears throat> that's kind of the, the fun, interesting part of the, the story. So that first year I had those 300 plants, right? And um, the guy that was the brewer that we knew that was going to take our hops, you know, all you can grow, I'll, I'll, I'll take all your hops. Well, and I called him to tell him that we had harvested, and this is what I have, um, which was not very much at all. Um, he's like, well, I can't. I can't do anything with that. I need a hundred pounds, you know, like he needed way, way more hops than I had available. Um, what I have learned now is that he could have taken those and just dumped them into a brew. Nobody would have known that they were a different variety or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I think he just didn't want to. So anyway, I started cold calling brewers near me, <laughs> you know, I get out the the my phone and and I'm I'm searching uh, breweries near you know within a hundred miles of me and one popped up and it was uh, Dodge City Brewing and so I just cold called the brewer and I'm like hi um you don't know me but um I grow hops and I have some for sale would you be interested he he's he was a super nice guy and just on blind faith is like oh sure yeah bring them by and I'll check them out and you know do you have a um, uh, you know, he wanted to know all the, the result, the lab results, you know, the alpha acids. And I was like, yeah, I actually, I do have that. And, and, um, obviously they weren't what they were supposed to be. They were first year plants. So they were lacking a little, but, um, he was kind enough to take them and, and brewed with them. And then, so we became partners and, um, as far as, you know, farmer brewer relationship goes Mm -hmm. and he's let us come and help brew a a beer at his brewery so that was so much fun getting to learn to do that and then the next year I had a few more and so there was a new brewery in um, Garden City which is a little bit closer than Dodge City but still about an hour away and um, I went in there and and talked to the brewers there and they did the same they bought some hops and then let us come brew and and now those guys have since branched off and opened their own brewery and um, so they're still they're still my customers, and um, and then this past year, I I took some to a guy in Bartlesville. Just he had some family that lives near here, and um, so I took a sample down to him. So anyway, it's just kind of by word of mouth, really. The, yeah. Besides Larry, the first guy. So. But what I love about that story too is like make that phone call, even though you're like, well, I don't know what they'll oh say. My gosh. The worst they yeah. can say is no. Right. But what if they say yes? Right. You know? Yeah. I, and he was the first person I called, like I, and I was so scared to call like, I had any idea what I was doing. It was my first year growing hops, you uh-huh. know, like I wasn't even prepared for what questions he might ask me as a brewer, you know, like about the hops and anyway, it, it all worked out, but yeah, yeah it was a s- super new thing for me to have to do. Yeah. So are you increasing the amount you grow every year? No, I need to, to be profitable. (laughs) (laughs) I I can't, it's such hard work and I would have the infrastructure to, um, 
to put up a new trellis system. I really probably need about three acres to be profitable. I have one. So, um, and it's really hard to find good help, like labor intensive, mm -hmm. like the job is very, you know, labor intensive. And, um, so my kids have all had to help and none of them like it. It sucks, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's just, and it's so seasonal, like, you know, it's from March to August. So it's not, it's not like a full-time gig for people, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard to find help. So it's just me and my dad and, um, my husband and, um, we have run out of all friends, family, like the first couple of years we would invite all of our friends and family over to help us harvest because we had to hand pick everything. Um, and we couldn't pay them, but we would feed them supper and lunch and give them all the free beer they wanted. And the third year we had no, like, they're like, no, thanks. <laughs> when you're done, holler at us and we'll come have a beer with you, you know, but nobody wants to come and, and do it. It really is. I, I, it is hard work. I I enjoy it, but it's super hard work. So it's so interesting because I've, I don't know any hops farmers. So this is a learning for me too. What are some of the local craft beers that the world needs to know about? Well, I would just encourage anybody just to even get out and try a craft beer. If you're local to Southwest Kansas, um, I find that not as many people like craft beer as I do, you know, like <laughs> I found that out with the, the tipsy farmer that uh, people just, there's, there are, there are, you know, you have your handful of people that just love it. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like people give it a chance, you know, they're like, Ooh, they, maybe they go somewhere and they taste a beer and maybe cause it has, um, maybe it's a little more bitter than they think it should be, um, because it doesn't taste like your domestic beer. Um, they just kind of write it off and they don't ever try. There's just so many different types of craft beers, you know, I mean, you have your super light clear to your super darks and your sours and your just so many to try that there's bound to be one that you will like if you just give it a chance and just do the do the flights when you go to the breweries just sample all the beers that they have there you know you're eventually surely gonna find one that you like and it's a fun experience it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. especially if you can see all the brew tanks and you can visit with the brewers and you know ask them about brewing beer like it's a really cool it's a really cool profession and I feel like, um, like it's really, it's, it's an art, you know, mm -hmm. like absolutely. It's hard to make a good beer. I bought my husband a beer kit one year for Christmas. Like <laughs> you found I, out how hard it was. <laughs> it was, it was that first year that we had hops and I was like, Oh yeah, we should try this. We should try to brew some beer. And so I bought him one of those kits. Yeah, no. <laughs> we'll just keep going to the just brewery. Just throw the hops. Yeah, you just, you just keep being a cotton farmer, honey. Sorry. <laughs> you just don't have it in you to be a brewer. Yeah. So from what I understand, you're also supplying hops for some other makers in the area outside of the beer world? I do, yeah. So um, because hops um, is not super profitable for me because I only have one acre, I had to find a way to... Um, try to make some more money off of them. Mm -hmm. So I sent, um, I send some off to, um, a guy that makes tea for me. Um, Dan, he's, um, on Instagram, the hop, hop leaf tea. 
And um, so he puts together all different kinds of varieties of tea, um, like loose leaf tea, you know, that you steep and drink. And so I have just tons of flavors of, of loose leaf tea and they all have my hops in them. Very so, cool. So you, they really can't, people are like, <laughs> I've had several people say, am I going to get drunk drinking? I'm like, no, there's no alcohol in them. They're, it's just tea. Uh-huh. It just has a little, um, I feel like in some of them you can taste a little bitterness at the end but for the most part you if I didn't tell you there was hops in them I don't know that you would even be able to tell you know it I mean they just taste so good yeah that's Um, cool and then a lady in Idaho makes um she's a calloused hands bounty and um she makes uh soaps for me so like artisan handcrafted soaps and she puts the she takes my hops I send her some hops in the mail after harvest every year and she crushes them up and puts them in while she's making the soap um I think she makes it out of her beef tallow and and um it just kind of you get one of those like exfoliating bars you know Mm -hmm. what I mean it's kind of what it is like so but she makes them smell so good wow They're, they're really nice so the first year or second year maybe when I took my taxes in to the CPA um you know he says well, you're not really making any money. I'm like, yeah, I'm aware of that. Then the next year, it was the same thing. He's like, well, you're still not making any money. And I'm like, yes, I know. Thanks. <laughs> and the third year, he's <laughs> like, are you going to do something with this business? Like, is this just for fun? And I'm like, no, it's not for fun. <laughs> it's a lot of hard work, but I don't, I can't expand. Like it's, it's too much to add another acre or what I don't have the help. I don't have the trellising system like um so that's when I I decided to to come up with some products that I could put hops in and so I went with the soaps and the teas and I tried a couple of different soap people actually and finally um Mel she does the best job and so I went with her and then Dan for the the hop tea so I love it that's that's how those came about because the tax guy's telling me I'm gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have to make some money or dissolve this business, and it has been too much hard work to just dissolve the hop. You're like, what I do with a hundred poles in my yard? You know what I mean? Yeah. Telephone poles, like they're yeah. not, they're they're super tall, tall poles, so they they're not pretty unless there's something growing on them. So have you found other ways too that you've been able to make hops profitable for you? Well. I don't know that it's the hop specifically, but I sell the beer that has my hops in it um, out of my little camper bar. Um, I wanted to have a hop shed on my farm, and I had started, you know, getting bids and going through the whole process of putting up a shed at at, at the hop yard. And um, right about the time that I was getting ready to do it, um, COVID hit, and so the bank was kind of like well maybe we should hold off on this you know mm-hmm. and see what's going to happen and so um then I was on a girl's trip one weekend um with a friend of mine and we were talking about that and she's like you really should just buy a horse trailer and turn it into a bar and I was like that's a really good idea and so I started looking for horse trailers and gosh they were so expensive you know I mean we have a cattle trailer, but it, I couldn't have turned it into a bar. Um, and I just couldn't find one that wasn't going to cost a whole bunch of money to fix up. Mm-hmm. And I was laying in bed one night and 
I just like a light bulb went off. You know, you get one of those 3 a.m. like, ah, yes. <laughs> and um, I, I have a camper that we had literally, it was just a couple years old, but because my husband is a row crop farmer, we never get to go on vacation in the summer. <laughs> it's either hurry and go um, before planting starts or you have to wait to that time period before school starts and before corn harvest starts and yes. then always the irrigation motor, you know, all the sprinklers are going and you can't leave for more than two days. Yes. So um, I thought we never used that camper anyway. So my dad is super, and also instead of just being my hired hired guy, he's super <laughs> um, handy at construction work. And so he helped me gut it and we um, took all the beds out and put in a serving window and a serving uh, counter and made storage for all the alcohol and the cups and the, you know, all, all of the supplies. And um, so we turned it into just a little mobile bar. And so I sell the craft beer that has my hops in it at different events. Um, and I just started last May. So um, the first, I mean, the, the, the biggest events I had last year were fairs. And maybe that's why not as many people drink craft beer at my events was because it was just not the right crowd. Yeah. I guess, you know, yep. just, a, just a different crowd. And, um, so I started bringing domestic beer <laughs> to, <laughs> to those events as well. So I have the option of domestic beer in cans, or you can have a, a craft beer on draft. And, um, and then I started making cocktails and just have drinks, you know, that you can mix and just, just a little variety for people that maybe don't like beer. Yeah. So. I hear you make a mean margarita. I, I do. It took me a really long time to get that recipe. <laughs> like I was all over Pinterest for probably four months and every weekend I would make a new, a new recipe and I would invite my, um, parents over and some of my husband's cousins and some friends and and I would make a batch and I'm like okay you have to oh I'd make two batches two different recipes and tell me which one is better which one do you like better and then the winner of that weekend would get carried over to the next weekend and I'd find another <laughs> recipe and so they were my my taste tester my quality my quality assurance panel <laughs> yeah, that's great <laughs> so anyway I finally found one um that everybody agreed upon was the best the best that I had tried out, you know, the 10 or 12 recipes that, that I made. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's called the tipsy farmer. Yes. Great name. Thanks. Yeah. And do you have more events? Are you booked out for this year? I am, um, starting about the middle of April. I am booked every weekend until October. Wow. Yeah. So, so I'd say it's a hit. It is. Yeah. And yeah. it's like just a total, like variety of events too, you know, like I have, um, several weddings, um, and I have fairs and rodeos and private birthday parties. And so just a wide range of, of events. It's not just the same, same stuff, but yeah, super busy on all Saturdays. There's a couple of Fridays that are booked as well, but pretty free during the, during the week and, and, you know, on Fridays, but which makes it kind of nice. So then I can do hop yard stuff and yeah, go to my kids' stuff if I need to. But yeah, and then have a few events at at my own farm. So uh -huh. 
So I plan to do that as well. So fun. And so you're in Southwest Kansas. How far are you willing to travel? Well, I technically, I could travel throughout the whole state of Kansas. Okay. But I don't, I found that most people don't want to pay the mileage for me to come to them. Um, So I offer the first 30 miles are free. And then after that, to bring the camper, my rates were set at $3 a mile now that gas is and diesel. Yeah, it's not going to cut it. <laughs> I don't. I might have to revisit those fees. <laughs> but um, so far, that's what I charge. But if I just bring my little standalone bar and not the camper, then it's $1.50 a mile just because I have to pull a trailer behind to haul yeah. that with all the alcohol. But it's not as heavy or hard to haul as the big camper, you know. Yeah. That's so, so fun. Probably my farthest event so far is Great Bend. So, which, I don't know, that's close to 300 miles from, maybe maybe it's 270, I don't know, 270, 80 miles from Moscow anyway. That's a pretty big... Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yep. So this has been a pretty wild ride for you. Yeah. Fair to say. Yes. Very fair. Um, What have been some of the biggest things you've learned, either as a business owner or personally or both? Well, I felt very inept at business because I didn't have any previous experience, you know? Mm -hmm. So like a lot of self teaching, I've had to take a lot of classes and, um, teach myself a lot of things that I didn't know with a nursing degree (laughs) Sure, yeah. (laughs) or, or as a mom or, um, as a harvest dinner, you know, provider. Um, so that, now I have to say that part has come in handy as far as like to serve large groups of people. Like that's been great prep. Yeah. Serving, serving the harvest crew. Uh-huh. Um, that's really has been handy. But as far as business, how to set up a business and all the steps and all the inputs and you know what I mean? That's, mm-hmm. that's been a lot to learn. Yeah. And um, then you got the whole marketing thing that I still kind of suck at, you know, like it's just maybe because of my age, I feel like it's really hard to market online because my brain is not, not used to, on, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I used to just use Facebook to just post pictures of my kids. So the rest of my family could see it. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm posting, trying to c- come up with a post every day just to target my audience, just so that I can increase my business. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a whole different world and I'm not used to that yet and I still am kind of um not fond of getting in front of the you know the camera to sell myself I just yeah. that's not it's something I have to do better at and just something you have to learn I guess yeah well you're definitely not alone in that I think all the listeners are nodding their heads yeah. like yep I get that <laughs> yeah super hard what's been the most rewarding thing Um, probably all of the support from just mostly my family, but lots of people in the community that, um, have been so supportive and, um, so helpful and so willing to, you know, come either come to an event on my farm or come to another event that I'm at and support me or, you know, buy my t-shirts or buy my soaps and my teas or, you know, just different, different ways they support or just by telling their friends that, Oh, you should, you should call Brandy and have her come, come for your bridal shower or, you know what I mean? Just fun stuff like that. Just word of mouth stuff is, 
it's really nice all the support so yeah and you get to be a fun part of special moments in people's lives yeah 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 for sure uh-huh yeah um you mentioned that when you started out growing hops that someone was willing to take you under their wing and and help you and teach you and what has the importance of mentorship been in all of this it's it is very important and um that's why I feel like um like community over competition is so huge Mm -hmm. like um there's room at the table for everybody It, it shouldn't be like well you're selling the same thing as me or um I mean those those guys were so nice to to have me to their farm and and they were probably thinking, what is this girl doing here? You know, what, you know, yeah. but they didn't, I don't feel like they've ever one time looked at me like, oh, she's taking our competition and we sell to the same brewers. So the guys that buy hops from me also buy hops from them, but, wow. but they grow different hops than I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not a competition to me. Like I'm not in a competition with them. I, and vice versa. I mean, they would win hands down, <laughs> but, um, it's just uh, so important that I feel like people should realize that, that mm-hmm. there can be multiple hop growers in the same county or the same state, or there could be multiple mobile bar owners. You know, like I have every weekend book. There could be another mobile bar with, you know, in the same town as me, and they would still have places to go and have yeah. gigs to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's, it shouldn't be a competition. Life is not a competition. Mm -hmm. you know and I think it makes us all try to be our best yeah you know because we want to help each other but we also want to do the best that we can do right well you have to up your game if somebody else is doing the same thing as you you have to provide a better service or do a better job or a better product or or you're not going to have the sales you know what I mean people aren't going to utilize you in the same way so Mm -hmm. I think it makes us better and then um I also feel like then it I mean if we are going to talk about competition, like it makes you be more competitive with your prices, more fair, I guess, mm-hmm. not competition wise, but right. you just have to be a, a more fair in what you're offering. And instead of just monopolizing on what people will pay and yeah, taking advantage of that, you know? Well, and with the tipsy farmer, you saw an opportunity that was not being met here. And right. you're like, I can bring something different that nobody else is doing. Yes. And yes. that's obviously been a hit. So Well that and and I don't um like I don't feel like I take away um from the breweries. I'm selling their beer. Yep. You know what I mean? So like it has my hops in it and I'm promoting my hops, but at the same time I'm promoting their beer. So maybe you're at a little private event and you get to sample or try the the beer from a brewery you haven't been to yet and you really like it well then maybe you're more apt to go to that brewery and try their other beers and support the brewery and you know so yeah I don't feel like those guys think of me as competition you know we're just yeah. we're friends and I'm trying to get their beer on my truck so that people can can go to their brewery at a later date and time and yeah you're reaching a new audience that they might yeah, not be yeah. able to reach otherwise I think so yeah yeah Kind of that whole concept, too, of like rising tides lift all ships. Right. Know? Yeah. So, yep. What do you love most about your small town? Hmm. You know, you get that, um, well, I don't like everybody knowing my business. And um, and I don't feel like, I li- since I live in the country, I don't feel like everybody knows my business. But it's nice to 
know everybody in a sense that um, they they spread the word about you, like they spread the word about your business mm-hmm. and they're happy to promote what you do or, you know what I mean? Help, yeah. help get the word out. So. Absolutely. What excites you most about the future of rural America? I hope that um, people, I just have so many things that I want to do on my little farm to, to yeah. help bring community together. But I, I hope that people realize that rural America is, is about community. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. about um, helping each other out and supporting each other. And um, knowing that you, you know, if you have something to do, that there's somebody that's going to help you with your kids or help you um, last minute. Oh, I need somebody to come help me um, at an event. And oh, sure. Yeah, I'll stand in. You know, like it's just, it's just friends and neighbors helping each other. And you don't get that in the big city. Yep. You just don't. I go to visit my daughters and they, one lives in Wichita, one lives in Denver and like they know their neighbors, but they just know them by their first name and say hi as they're going up the stairs. You know, like yeah. you don't know their neighbor like I know my neighbor, you know. Uh-huh. She comes over and sits on my back porch and we have a glass of wine and she lives a ways down the road. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just different. Yeah, it is. What's next for you? Any big plans? I do have a big project I'm working on. I um, So my high tunnel got destroyed in December. We had... I don't know, 80, 90 mile an hour winds here, December 15th. Yes. And um, so my high tunnel was just demolished. And this past weekend, I got it all torn down. So there is nothing. I just have this big vacant area. Um, but I I am in the process of uh, building a different kind of a greenhouse. Um, it's going to be, hopefully, th- this is my plan. I haven't actually like started digging yet, but... Uh-huh going to be in the ground so it'll be I think they call them wallapinis but it's going to be an underground greenhouse and I'm going to try to make it big enough um, to where I can have events there so it'll maybe be a, a fun place in the winter it'll be warmer you know than a high tunnel you have to heat that you know but I can put those little radiant heaters uh-huh. you know inside and hopefully have you know girls night out and galentines and paint parties and just different fun things like just a just a little event center on the farm um, to where the tipsy farmer can host events and um, birthday parties and stuff because yeah. in the in the spring and summer I do I do sell um, just nursery plants uh-huh. that I, I sold out of the high tunnel and so I'm gonna do that again this spring and in summer but then once those are gone then it'll just be an open area for just fun stuff absolutely so you're super innovative I really want it my really my biggest goal this summer is to have um kind of like a ground to glass um not I don't want to say a dinner like a farm to table dinner or something um but maybe hors d'oeuvres and where people can come and try craft beer and be in the hop yard and see what hops look like and just have a night where it's just a little community event where you can come and there's you'd be surprised how many people that live in my community have never seen a hop plant they don't know what they look like um they've never been to my farm so um or maybe they've been there but not while the hops are growing Uh so just to see the hops when they're 
you know, mid-season and they're 15 feet tall is just, it's amazing. So I love it. It's really cool. Okay. Well, how can people follow along and keep up with what you have going on? Well, um, Facebook, I am the tipsy farmer and then also Cimarron Prairie Farms on Facebook. I have two accounts, which is really hard to keep up with. I just, (laughs) I don't do a very good job at either one of those on Facebook (laughs) because I spend most of my time on Instagram. And, um, so on Instagram, it's the dot tipsy dot farmer. And so I, I try to share what I share on there to the Facebook tipsy farmer, but you know, the algorithms, you just, you can't post the reels. You can't, I don't, it's just, just go to Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just come to Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Just come there. And then I have a website. Um, it's the tipsy farmer bar.com. Um, you can go there and book events or buy the, my hop teas or my hop soaps, um, t-shirts, have some little shot glasses coming and some koozies and just different fun stuff that I'll probably have all of that in the camper bar when I go to the fairs and, you know, all the big summertime festival events. So Perfect. Yeah. And what, I mean, watch those places for, um, for events, listings, you know, where I'm going to be. So, okay. Yeah. Brandy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been fun. Well, I love Brandy's perseverance and how she is constantly innovating. It's so fun. And this next project sounds amazing. I so appreciate all the hard work she has put into these businesses, and I love the success she is having with both her hops and the Tipsy Farmer. In case you haven't heard, our first brand camp was such a success, we decided to bring it back again, and we're hosting our next workshop on May 8th through 11th in Libras Fork, Tennessee, where you'll leave with a brand new website that you'll know how to edit all on your own, plus email marketing, organic social media, and a whole new set of marketing tools. Get all the details at brandcampworkshop.com and come join us at Brandcamp. Huge thanks to Brandy for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.